Baby girl, I'm so excited to announce that the enrollment is now open for the transformative Becoming Your Own Sugar Daddy six-week course that I designed specifically with you in mind. In this course, you will embark on a journey of self-discovery, inner healing of your subconscious mind, eliminating limiting beliefs around building wealth and living an abundant life. Say goodbye to financial limitations and hello to a life of opulence. You will gain the discernment and knowledge necessary to building lasting wealth as you are guided through a clear plan and direction for creating the life you've always dreamed of. If you don't know my story, I was a broke partying hairdresser and then my dad unexpectedly died. And through the healing process of working on my own scarcity mindset, I was able to work less, fire clients, double my income and travel the world. In this course, I will teach you everything I have learned so that you're able to develop unshakable confidence and embody the life you want to live. Each week includes journal prompts for you to be able to create a vision plan with actionable steps to manifest your dreams. Let go of fear and uncertainty as you take charge of your financial future. Through the six weeks of Becoming Your Own Sugar Daddy, you will acquire the skills and mindset needed to achieve financial independence. You will build a strong foundation of self-confidence and self-worth around money. Transform your mindset and daily habits to embrace abundance and overcome scarcity. You'll receive a lifetime access to the course and the first 50 people to sign up and pay in full will receive a limited edition coffee mug to remind you that wealth and prosperity is your birthright. Sign up at itsconway.com and the link is in the show notes. I'm so excited to see you there and I can't wait to hear about the transformations that happen. Hi, this is the Grieving with Gratitude podcast and I'm your host Conway, a spiritual psychologist. I suddenly lost my dad and it propelled me to radically change my life. I went from a broke, burnt-out entrepreneur that was dependent on drugs and partying to a life of peace, abundance, and gratitude, making over six figures and traveling the world. My goal is to help you to heal your trauma and through the process become the healthiest and highest version of yourself. I believe you are here to live a life of abundance and not be a victim to your current life. Are you ready to take back your power and start to create the life you want? Other than that, it's great. So I can't, I have no complaints. What about you? But, yeah. So those from yeah. I mean, I've heard attending. so many people going there. They're like, you need to go. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I mean, it has a great, go. it has a great food scene. Um, the weather will be like hot, but not like crazy hot. I'm super excited. I think it'll be a really, really fun romantic. I have a weekend away. <laughs> so that's so fun. So like, how do you, when you travel, cause I am obviously traveling back and forth and I mean, I thrive on routine, Yeah. but how do you kind of navigate like keeping your diet and everything in check when you are traveling? That's a great, great, great question. I actually do. I actually have like an entire little program called socially fit on like, how to like live your social life, like, um, on the, with, with traveling. And what I do is, and I'll say the truth is that I don't really have like a lifestyle at home that is different. Like I don't have foods that I eat at home and a way that I eat at home that is different than the way I eat out and about and traveling, right? Like I don't, I eat all the things, like all foods fit no matter where I am, right? So when when I'm traveling, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I can't have, I can't eat this, can't eat that um, because it's not on my plan or I don't go like hog wild because I'm away and like no holds barred, like 
right? I don't have this like all or nothing mentality. And I think that's really important, creating a lifestyle that works with you, with your constant travel, with your busy social life, with your on the go, high stress job. Um, so what I, I say is when I'm traveling, the things that usually, usually go off kilter and that I have to work extra hard on are one, making sure I'm drinking enough water because when I drink a lot of water, I have to pee a lot. And when I'm not in my like home or in my own surroundings, like finding a bathroom while you're traveling and like wandering the streets of some cute new town that you're not used to, you have to find a lot of public restrooms. <laughs> That's not super comfortable. Um, so I make sure to, I always have a water bottle with me and, and I'm drinking throughout the day, but at like breakfast, lunch, dinner, back in my hotel room or Airbnb, that's when I'm really like doubling down on my, my water because I don't have to think about the bathrooms. Um, or when, if I, I always keep an eye out for like the nicest looking hotels in the area because using a bathroom at a hotel is a lot nicer than using the bathroom yeah. at a McDonald's. Um, so really, really prioritizing water. And then I think the other thing that kind of gets thrown off a bit when traveling is sleep right? We're like sleeping less. We're going to bed later because we're out doing fun things. We're waking up earlier because there's more fun things to get out and do and see. So really, really trying to prioritize my sleep. Um, you know, are there, are there nights where dinner can be a little bit earlier or are there mornings when I don't actually have to be up and out at six and I can't like you know, be in bed until eight because it is vacation too. <laughs> Ideally it is also a vacation. Um, but if that isn't the case and, you know, sleep is going to be instead of my usual seven hours, I know I'm only going to be getting five or six because of the schedule. Then what I do is I, I don't drink coffee after four o'clock I make sure that because that can screw with your sleep. And if I, I do, um, if you are someone who does drink alcohol, making sure that you stop drinking alcohol at least two hours before you're going to go go to sleep because it disrupts your sleep. You're not getting, you're not getting the best quality sleep with the caffeine or the booze in your system. So if we're short on sleep, we want to maximize the quality. So those yeah. would be the two things I think, I think really being mindful of the caffeine and the alcohol. Yeah. Cause like when you don't have enough sleep, you end up making poor choices. Like I've noticed like I'm tired for some reason I like go to food to go like get me energy yeah. and it's like sometimes it's like I need water I need to take like a 15 minute like nap or even just like lay on my prana mat or like meditate or something yeah. just, like and it's not even really that I'm hungry right no absolutely it's so interesting that you say that because our bodies interpret thirst as hunger so you will feel hungry even though you're actually just thirsty so if you're drinking water and you're staying hydrated, that's a really great way to like tap into that mindfulness of what is a true hunger for you and like what is just thirst. And when we are short on sleep, we get we get crankier, we get moodier, and we have less we have less like resiliency to make choices in the moment that we know are gonna like feel better for us, right? We we're looking, our bodies are so damn smart and are like 100% designed to keep us alive, to keep us energized and alive. So when we are feeling tired or like drained, 
our bodies look for like the quickest form of energy to boost us up and they know the quickest form of energy are the simple refined carbohydrates is the muffin at starbucks right is the hot pretzel on the street right this the the quick those quick grab and go things that are refined carbs and i'm not when we're choosing a muffin or when we're having the hot pretzel, we want it to come from a place of, oh my gosh, I'm in New York City. Hot pretzels are classic. I'm going to have one, right? We want them to be like really empowered moments, not, oh shit, I'm so exhausted. I need this right now, right? Yeah, like a conscious decision exactly. versus like a passive, reactive decision. A hundred percent, exactly, exactly. And when we're not, when we don't have enough sleep, we make a lot more reactive decisions. I love that. I went to, I remember going to Spain and I was like trying to be like so strict on my diet and I've like struggled a ton with like, I love sugar. Like, mm -hmm. and I think as I've really been working on it, I don't really think I love sugar as much as I kind of say I do. I think I like the, the feet, like the dopamine hit more than mm -hmm. I actually like the taste. But yeah. when I was in Spain, I was trying to be so strict and I didn't enjoy Spain at all. And then COVID happened and that all the food comes up on my like memories and I'm like I never got to try this delicious cupcake I yes. saw and so I really wish I had like lived into that moment of being like present and like you said like you're in New York you're gonna eat that slice of pizza and you're gonna like enjoy it because that's what New York's known for versus just being so reactive to like the food that you're eating a hundred percent like you know we only we only live once and being and cuisine is such a huge part of life. It's that if you are traveling, it is a huge part of being immersed in another culture. Right. And, and there is, there is no one meal, one day, one week of, of eating that is going to derail your health goals. Right. Like there's no, there's no one week that's going to do it because the truth is getting to getting to your health goals. Let's say you've arrived there. Right. Let's, and let's say it's weight loss, getting to that weight loss, getting to your magic number. It didn't take a week. Right. right? It probably took longer than a week to get there. And so it's not going to take, and so you're not going to lose it by just in just one week or just 10 days. Right. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifelong you can maintain your happy, healthy weight, no matter how like, no matter how much enjoyment you have. And we want to enjoy this life. And food is part of enjoyment. Agreed. What do you find for with the women that you work with is like some of their biggest challenges? It's a great question. I think some of their biggest challenges are, like you mentioned, the sugar. I think that is a big. That is a big challenge. People have like a sweet tooth, I myself included, and feel like they can't manage both. I think also a really huge challenge is all the like bullshit <laughs> that has seeped in to, to their ether, right? All that white noise that has come through that they have like, that they're convinced is like the right thing to do, even though it's not the right thing for them. It was never personalized for them. No one said like, oh, hey, Conway, if this is your health goal. This is your lifestyle. These are the foods you like and love. Okay, great. This is your next step, right? That didn't happen. They're reading random shit off. I curse a lot. I hope that's cool. Oh, <laughs> 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 they're, reading, 
they're reading random stuff from this hashtag or that blog or that magazine and trying to like cobble together what like you know like like what JLo does and like decide like okay cool that's what I'm gonna do but you but you don't have that life so I think there's so much confusion around um, trying to be healthy but not really understand not really thinking about well what's healthy for me you know someone I work with so my clients are either women who are coming to me for weight loss or women who are coming to me for gut health and GI issues. So if you're coming to me for gut health and GI issues, well, raw kale might not actually be healthy for you, right? Like raw kale is a healthy food, <laughs> but it's not healthy for you if you are having serious IBS symptoms. It's healthy for my client who's trying to lose weight. But so there's a real big difference between what's healthy and what's healthy for you. And I think that is where most of my clients are like stuck and trying to figure out when they come when they come to my door. Yeah. Because it's like they're trying to try on everything. It's yes. like under the umbrella of health, yes. but it's not unique to yeah. them. It's exactly. And it's funny, like, I don't know if you've noticed this or experienced this, but like, it's almost like everyone wants to be treated and like seen as their own special unique snowflake, except when it comes to their diet. Then they want to do exactly what their best friend is doing, their sister's doing, their roommate's doing. Again, JLo is doing, right? But like, no, girl, you are your own special snowflake. I love that. <laughs> so how do you like help walk people through finding out how their special snowflake they are? Yeah, it's a great question. So really what I do is I really want to understand what does your lifestyle look like, right? Are, do you like to cook? Do you hate to cook? Or do you eat, are you a social butterfly and you're out and about constantly like, you know, making the rounds or are you more of a homebody and you're either going to order in or right? Like what is, what is your lifestyle? And then, and then what are your goals and how can I blend your lifestyle with your goals? So it's a, it's like habit tweaking, habit adjusting, and also adding in certain foods. And I think so many times to, women come to me thinking like, like they've eliminated so many food groups already. And most of the time, my weight loss clients, most of the time they're, they're not eating enough and that's why the scale isn't moving, which sounds counterintuitive, right? Like, like when we're trying to grow our hair out, we have to get trims more regularly. Like we have to get our, we have to trim our hair every three months. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm trying to grow it long. Why do I have to trim it so often? Same concept. Like, I'm trying to lose weight, but I have to eat to lose weight. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's actually what works. So understanding what foods I need to put in. And that's just, it's just a conversation. Like I, I look at all of my containers as like partnerships. I want to partner with you. I want to understand what's going on for you. What stresses you out? What your lifestyle looks like? Like, are you the only person at home cooking? Do you live with a roommate? Do you take turns? Do you have a spouse? Are you taking care of kids? Do you have a dog you need to go out and walk? Like, what is happening so that we can, we, we can create something that is just like seamless into that mix? Yeah. So just conversation, just a lot. I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> because it isn't one size fits all. No. Like Claudine is, I, I don't know if she's still on this, but she's my personal trainer or she was my personal trainer in the past. And she really helped me with like, cause she is like, she works with a lot of people in different ethnic groups and like culturally it's like, 
you're not going to get rid of tortillas. No. Like it's a part of your culture. So how do you eat it and not villainize things? So, which is like so amazing. And then for me, I always like, I get so like, it's almost like we get like programmed into like thinking into like, it's like, it's so weird because that it, we shouldn't villainize food. No. Food is an amazing thing. Right. Yeah. Get like programmed into it. Like, oh, well I have to be keto and I'm not, it's like these super big extremes or it's like, people will be like, well, you eat out all the time. That's why you're not losing weight. I'm <laughs> like, well, I am single. So I'm not going to trash for but that's gross as right. me out. Like, I don't want to make a massive amount of food for just myself of the same exact thing. Like I just get grossed out. Yeah. Like, and it's not, you don't work for me. You don't, that's, it's so funny. I just posted about this this morning on, on my, on my feed, like, all, like all the reasons why your diets didn't work in the past. Um, and one of them is it's trying to turn you into someone you're not. If you don't want to cook, you don't have to cook, <laughs> right? Like the, the, your approach, your plan should work for you. You're not supposed to fit into that plan. The plan is supposed to fit you. So you can, you don't have to cook and you can still lose weight and still like keep your energy up, like whatever, whatever the goal is. And I think, you know, when you were talking about tortillas and foods and demonizing foods, like food has no moral code, right? Like the cupcake did not steal your boyfriend. Like that cupcake <laughs> did not cheat on you. I'm sorry, right? So you are not bad because you ate that cupcake, right? You're not good because you ate kale, a kale salad, right? You are bad or good based on how you treat other human beings around you, right? And so, and our language, which I think is something you also, um, you know, really value and, and preach and, and, and work in is like our language matters. So when we say like, when my client is like, oh my gosh, I was so bad today. I had like the pasta for lunch. I'm like, you, you weren't bad. You're, you're, we're not bad. I'm not bad because I had pasta. You had pasta. Hopefully you enjoyed it. You feeling like you were bad probably didn't, it probably didn't taste as good, yeah. <laughs> right? You're, but, but equating our self-worth based on what foods we're eating, that's a losing game. That's a yeah. losing game. I've been trying to like not villainize food because I've like, I've had eating disorders and like I would use drugs to like stay skinny or whatever. And so it was after my, I lost my dad that it like, threw me into just like completely changing my life. And that was becoming like athletic or, you know, just like working out every day. And then I was working on my food because obviously when I, you're emotional, you start eating differently, right? Because like, it's a comfort and so being more mindful of like why I'm doing something. So I had a friend in from out of town. She's like, oh, and there's like, so I live like right downtown in Nashville. So there's like a cookie, raw cookie dough bar. It's kind of like an ice cream bar. And I, she's like, do you want to go get one? And I was thinking inside of myself, I'm like, oh my God. Like I had this like crazy panic and, mm. and then I got it and I felt so weird eating it, even though like I eat healthy yeah. all the time and I avoid all the ingredients that like are inflammatory or whatever, or to the best of my ability, yeah. you know? And I was like, this is crazy. This right. is crazy. I can't just be like, I can eat this and it's fine. Tomorrow you're going to work out. You're going to be fine. Like you're nothing's like the world's not going to fall apart. Yeah. Raw cookie dough, whatever. You're not eating every day. Like 
but that's like where I'm like, man, like, I, I don't know if I'm not, maybe I'm just crazy, but I feel mm -hmm. like there's gotta be other people that are feeling oh, this way. Oh my gosh. You're not, you're not crazy. You're in the norm. You're totally, you're totally, totally in the norm, right? Like you're not, you're not crazy. So many people are, so many people's, what they're eating affects, like they're just, they're caught up in like a, a loop. They're caught on a loop based on, because of a food choice that they're making based on previous, right? diets or um what your you know what so many of my clients are like have taken up like their relationship with food has really been like because of their mom's relationship with food their sister's relationship with food right so it's like and all that just seeps in we're sponges we're sponges so what i what i say when my clients are like initially when we first started working together by the time we're done working together their language is like hella better <laughs> I don't know if people still use the term hella, but I do. I like so. it. I think okay. it's like Y2K is back, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but so, you know, one thing I always say is like, there are two things to ask yourself. One, what is my goal? Is my, is my health goal to like maintain? Is my health goal to change in some way? Change meaning lose weight, gain muscle, gain, do I need to gain weight? Like what is happening? Am I trying to stay the same or am I trying to shift in some way? And then, so understanding what your goal is and then, and then also, I wonder if like for you, if the choice to have that dessert would have felt like what your mindset or inner dialogue would have been, been if it was like your suggestion versus her suggestion. Yeah, well, I always wanna eat there. <laughs> right, but if you were like, you know, like, because so I, when I talk to my clients who have sweet teeth and, yeah. and want, right? Because again, I believe all foods fit. Desserts are a part of life, a very delicious, wonderful, necessary part of life, um, right? Like part of that, that dessert is looking forward to it, is planning it into like your day or your night or your vacation and like really looking forward to it. And, and when it does come, when it is our choice, when I'm like, when we're like, oh, you know what? Michelle's going to be in town. We're going to Tuesday night. I'm going to take her to dough and we're going to get this like awesome dessert together. Cause that's going to be really fun. And we're going to do that together. Right. You get to look forward to it. It gets to be part of your day. You can like plan for it and, and then you savor it and it's way more enjoyable in the moment versus a more like spontaneous dessert or spontaneous treat where one, you're, you do get in your head about it because it wasn't like you weren't thinking about it you weren't planning for it and it wasn't even your idea right so we can get if planning out into your week like fun treats whether they are sweet or savory it becomes way more empowering and you get to enjoy that food way more like in like in the present moment and then you get to forget about it in the present moment also yeah, because you're being intentional about it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it, and I think, too, being intentional, I mean, it has to come from from you. Like, if if she suggested it and you were like, you know what, that does sound really good. I am like, yeah, I'm going to work that in. That's going to feel really good. Great. But if you were like, oh, I'm not sure. I didn't really want this, but like, okay. But I don't, but like, she's here and she wants it and she's never here and it will be fun. Like, the conversation in your mind matters around that dessert totally 
So do you find that a lot of your clients have like that, just like that constant, like yeah. loop going in and out? And when we first start working together, yes. So then, yes. then by the time they're finished working with you or like, you know, have like been a little bird that's left the nest, they, yeah, they're, they're basically like you help them reprogram their thinking around Correct. it. Correct. And that doesn't mean that those thoughts don't still come in. Those thoughts a hundred percent come in, but their response to them is different. Yeah. You know, like, I'll like, and yeah. And so, and that's something that we, that we work on. And that's something that's one of the reasons why my containers are long because we can lose the weight a lot quicker than we can change our mindset and our, and like our verbiage in our heads. So making sure we have the space and time to do both of those, both of those things. You know, something that comes up for me, I have you, you've done EMDR, right? You, you're, yeah. Do you do EMDR also? Yeah. Like, yeah. Excellent. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that too. But I had started working with an EMDR therapist about a year and a half ago, like changed my, changed my life um, in terms of my trauma. I've, you know, I lost my brother and, um, and what I had noticed is like after certain calls, we would hang up, even though I did like the meditation and I was calm or I wasn't activated, I was still in my feelings and we would hang up and immediately my body would say, Ooh, you need some chocolate. That was like an immediate response. And right. So like, I'm a human being, I'm a dietitian, but I'm a human being. And so like, that was my like immediate response. But I could say to myself, you're sad. You're craving yeah. chocolate because you're sad, because this was a hard session and you're sad right now. What could make you happy aside from chocolate? And, and so then my response usually to myself is taking a walk outside and calling my best friend. That will make me happier. And so that's what I do, right? It doesn't, I'm not trying to stop the thought or the knee jerk reaction of like, grab a piece of dark chocolate. Like, I can't do that. I can't stop that knee jerk reaction. That's going to happen. And I don't, and that's, it's a futile effort to try to stop it. But asking myself, well, why do you want, like, wait, you're sad. What's happening? What is happening in your life right now? And then because I do, I eat chocolate whenever I want, like, when, when I want actual chocolate from a place of like, ugh, I want my chocolate. Like it's savoring different. it versus yes. shoveling it in. Yeah. You don't even remember. Because I'm sad. It. Right. And that's the same thing with like sugar, right? And the comfort foods, that dopamine hit, it makes us feel good. And, and sometimes we're craving feeling good more so than we're craving the food itself. Oh, hundred percent. I'm, yes. I've like, I call it like blackout eating. Ooh, well, I like that. Blacked out. Yeah. I'm like, did you like if you actually think about it like do you even remember what you <laughs> what it tastes like you know what I mean? right. like you're like no i don't remember it at all right exactly so, totally i mean i just that i it's crazy like we obviously have totally different backgrounds like we have like dealt with grief and and you're a dietitian and i do like trauma work but it's all like interconnected because it yeah. all comes down to our minds yeah. like nice. and just looking at feeling our emotions and like labeling them instead of just being reactive yeah. to them and then it can in every area of our lives yeah and i will say that like and it's a skill it's a skill to learn and that's what you and i do with our clients we help our clients learn this skill yeah. we help our clients like 
embody this skill. Yeah, and part, yeah, and and part of it is like giving yourself grace in that moment, and then being like, well, what's really okay? What's really going on? Yeah, what's really happening here? I'm sad. I'm frustrated. I'm stressed. You know, like what is one other th aside from the chocolate or the muffin or the cookie? What is one other thing? One some one thing that would make me feel differently that is not food related and then do that yeah that's how I kind of like that's how I got into just like working yeah. out as much as I was with my dad was because I just had all this like energy and I I mean obviously when you go through grief or something really big it just feels overwhelming and it just feels literally like energy and I just needed to release it somehow so I would go on like three to four walks a day and work out. And I was like, I mean, that is like not, I'm not going to say to anyone, like, you should work out that much a day. That's not either. Right. I mean, that's a fiction in a different sense. Like right. that's dopamine hit in a different sense. Anytime you're having any of those things, you're just hitting a different dopamine Correct. thing, you know? And that's not healthy either. Like your body needs rest. Right, 100%. can't repair. And so, but that was what I was doing. It's just like moving energy. The same thing is like mm -hmm. eating. You're like yeah. trying to move that energy and it's like not really necessarily the most constructive way. Yeah. And I would say a hundred percent, like walking, walking it like, and, and exercise, but walking is like a little, can be depending on what exercise you're doing, walking can be a little bit more gentle, like a gentle yeah. form of like moving that energy through you. And I think that's, that's why my go-to, my go-to self-care is walking. I just want to walk. Like I say, I'm like out in the fresh air. It's I live in New York City, so we're limited here with the fresh air. But like just just walking, just being outside, walking in my neighborhood, like that is that does that moves mountains for me emotionally, mentally, physically. But with this image of like moving energy through you, food, food physically is like pushing it down. Oh, literally 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 pushing it down versus letting it out mm -hmm. which exercise right you're sweating the walking you're like right the energy is coursing out of you food you are shoving the energy the feelings the emotions down so you're it's not going to release because it's it's too far down now yeah because you're just like literally smothering right. it right a hundred percent a hundred percent it's a it's a it's a way of avoiding it's an avoidance mechanism. And I just wanted to open up to anyone that's like watching this. Like if you guys have questions, you can definitely just like write, type them in and we'll definitely be open to answering them. Yeah. I should have opened with that. But at any point, <laughs> if you have one more clarification on anything, like we are happy to answer any of those around anything. So just ask away. Um, especially if you're struggling with anything, like you have access to Bridget and she's amazing. Here, right so, Here yeah. I am. Ask me your questions. <laughs> um, dude, it's just, it, it's like such an interesting thing, like just having it all be connected and like how many women do you feel are struggling with like, I mean, I feel like I was talking with my girlfriend at lunch before I got onto this, like how many women are probably struggling with body dysmorphia? And I was like, I, I think it's like 90% of the American oh population or more has got to be struggling with body dysmorphia yeah and just like, not being able to see who they actually are yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent so i don't i don't have an exact statistic um that would be interesting i should look that up but i can up, tell you but I, I can but i can i can tell you from like my clients from um 
my Instagram community who sends me DMs from my own friends and like people in my life, like there is, we have a really hard time seeing ourselves for who we are. And that's true in a lot of ways, right? We have, sometimes we have a hard time seeing ourselves, seeing all the incredible positives about ourselves. We need a best friend to reflect back like how amazing we are in certain ways. Same thing is true with our body, you know? And I think, um, and even though like the, our focus is, is women, like men, I want to loop men into this too, because they also suffer with body dysmorphia. Oh, and, and so it's, there's, it's rampant. And I think, you know, once like my clients will come to me and again, majority, the majority of my clients are coming to me to lose weight. And so we, we lose the weight, but a lot of the deeper work that we do is reconnecting them to their body, which honestly has nothing to do with the weight. Yeah. Right. Like the weight, the weight is going to fall off because we're changing around some of your habits and your eating patterns. So like the weight's going to fall off. But the weight is going to stay off because of how much more connected you feel to your body. And so, yeah. so, and like, it has to go, it has to go hand in hand. And so many people are, they have such body dysmorphia. There's such, there's such a disconnect. There's such a disconnect. Do you feel that, um, like, how do you help people process through that? Because obviously, yeah, you're going to change their, the tangible things like the what they're eating and all that, but their mindset, like, mm. How do you help them kind of work through that? What does that look like? Because that's huge. huge. That's a much harder than yeah. getting someone <laughs> back, you know? Yes, it's it's hard. It's harder. It's intangible. Um, you know, two things happen. One, I'm really, really good at like knowing my scope and knowing what is out of my scope. So I am quick to refer a client to a psychologist, to a therapist, to EMDR. Like I want my client to feel resourced in all the ways so i'm quick to do that if like if that is what the next step is and then that that therapist um or coach and i get to work together on this but what i do what is in my scope is detangling the the language around food because when we detangle the language around food and like my previous example so you are not bad or good based on what you ate and so if you stop associating your self-worth with your food, we get to then just look at your self-worth. Yeah. And then, and, then, and then look at your food. Like we get to separate them. And, and so it all starts with, with our language. And then also I, I wholeheartedly see food as a form of self-care. So deprivation and restriction, that's not self-care. Or, or that is your, um, or that is, is actually what like what is currently in your toolkit but we need to like peel that out and like what does self-care so understanding what for my client like what would self-care look like for them and then being able to incorporate food as like a really important part of that because i want you to eat like you love yourself not like you hate yourself right not like you resent yourself not like, like yourself up later for exactly, it exactly so a lot of it is the mind it is really really the language and like you know, really creating a much healthier relationship with food. That's, that's the work that I do. Like, yes, we're losing the weight, but underneath the weight, we're rebuilding and recreating your relationship with food. And through that, your, your relationship to your body changes too. Yeah. yeah. 
And that's long-term. That's long-term. Like, diets don't. Exactly. Work. Exactly. That's like, that's how you keep the weight off. You know, and I talk like, I don't personally work with clients who have eating disorders. I work with clients who have disordered eating, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a distinction. It's a, it's a thin little line, but it, but it's a line, right? And the truth is the amount of people who have disordered eating, disordered eating patterns, disordered um, thoughts about food, like that is rampant. And, and can you yeah. elaborate on distorted eating yeah. pattern? Yeah. So having food rules, that is right. Having food rules, um, like foods that you can never have, foods that you can have, um, associating a more morality with food, good foods versus bad foods, having a like all or nothing approach. You are either full speed ahead, all in massive restriction or deprivation or like 100% on it, inflexible, right? Versus totally, oh, I just like, oh, I ended up having the fries I wasn't supposed to, so like, screw it, nothing matters anymore mentality. Yeah. So like, all of that is very disordered or like, um, I don't say also, I think, I think like the 80s, 90s language around like fat free, low fat, all this like fake stuff, all the like frozen yogurt and fake shit has like also really, really compacted the issue. Fat is our friend. Healthy quality fat is our friend. It actually expedites our weight loss and swapping out like natural fat that's supposed to be in a product for a fat free option. A fat free option is going to have more salt and more sugar and that is going to screw up your weight goals. That is going to mess with your mood. Um, so like this whole like fat free, low carb, zero net carbs, like all of this language, all these claims, like really wiping the slate clean on all of that. Yeah. Cause that was what I was going to ask you next, because yeah. I feel like, um, like the quality of the ingredients, like is huge. Um, so I was going to ask you, like, what do you feel about the quality of ingredients? Like, do you think like going towards mostly whole foods, like in their natural state, not, you know, what so, yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, I think that if you have the means and the desire to eat all organic foods, great. Rock on. If you don't have the, like, you can still live a very healthy life. Like you don't not eating organic you don't have to eat organic foods. Um, but what we do want to eat is we do want to focus on whole fresh foods, meaning not ultra processed. Ultra processed means anything that is coming from a box or a bag. Those things are going so to wrapped be like, in plastic. Exactly. <laughs> wrapped in plastic. Um, but I think, I think, and you can, can if you know i would say that like if you have your nutrition basics covered right and that's gonna again that's gonna look different for everybody but generally speaking you're eating consistently throughout the day um you're eating a source a good source of like protein and fiber at every meal you're drinking your water you're getting good sleep like um you are you're eating quality fast like if you're eat if you're, generally if you're like 
if all your basics, what I consider the basics are, are covered and you want to go next level, you want to learn more, you want to like nerd out with me on nutrition, then yeah, then I would teach you a little bit more about like what we're looking for on a nutrition label, what we're looking for in ingredients, what we're not. But most of the time my clients, initially my clients are coming to me like not having their nutrition basics covered. And what matters, and again, and what matters more to me is that you're eating spinach over the fact that, over you eating organic spinach, right? Or like not, not eating spinach because you can't afford the organic version, right? Like, so that matters a lot to me. Um, but eating whole fresh foods, the more plants you have in like your day, the better. So plants meaning whole grains, right? Brown rice, quinoa, oatmeal, wonderful. Um, fruits and veggies. Is yes, and also and the plant-based protein. So legumes, edamame, chickpeas, beans. Having a variety of these things in your day, we're good. Eating like eating the rainbow, we're mostly good. If you and that I'm not anti-animal protein. Get your chicken in, get your fish in. If you like steak, do all that. Add all that shit in too, if you wish to. But really having, really making sure you're eating a lot of plants throughout the day is important. Um, and no, one huge tip to know is that any fake version of the real thing is going to be unhealthier for you than the real thing. So having a fake chicken? Yeah, fake chicken. Oh, oh my God, the impossible meats, don't even get me started. But like the, fake, the fake chicken, the fake cheese, the fake ice creams, having a smaller amount of the real thing is always going to be healthier for your body than having a lot of the fake thing. So are you talking about like Halo Top for the ice cream? I am. I am. <laughs> Halo Top or like the Enlightened one. There's an Enlightened ice cream, like all of that. That like you, and the fact that Halo Top like promotes, I think like right big on the, on the pint, it says like this whole pint is like, 300 calories, like as if you could and should eat an entire pint of ice cream. Like what kind of habit is that? That's not a habit that we're trying to promote. <laughs> that is one thing that I had like one personal trainer say to me, he was like, it, he's like, great that you're eating something of quality ingredients, yeah. but like if you're eating a whole pizza, I want to know why you're eating an entire pizza. Right. It could, yeah. I'm great. That's awesome. You're eating great quality ingredients, but why are you eating a whole pizza? Yeah. It's like, okay. That's a great question. Yeah. Right. I don't like, know. So the habit, I think it's an emotional thing. Right. 100%. <laughs> so like there's the, what I talk to my clients about all the time too, is like, there's the what we're eating, but then there's also the how we're eating. Mm -hmm. And the how comes into play with like, right. Are we eating the entire pie? And, our, and maybe, you know, and the truth is maybe we're eating the entire pie because we're emotional or maybe we're eating the entire pie because we actually didn't eat anything all day. We just had this intense workout and our body is starving. So yeah, of course, we're gonna eat the entire, the entire pie. That makes sense. We're human, right? But, but understanding, like, and if it is, if it is the emotional part, understanding why that is and what, uh, like how else we could help ourselves. If it is the, I was starved. I like couldn't, I didn't have any other meal that whole day. Okay. And then how do we, how can we fill in the blanks throughout that, that day so that you don't end up sitting down at eight o'clock at night and eating an entire pizza pie? Yeah. yeah.
Yeah. And so, and all of this, I think too, like all of this is from a place of awareness. None of this is from a place of judgment. None of this is like, I'm certain, I don't judge my clients. You're on, you don't judge your clients. None of us are judging them. They judge themselves. And like being able to release that, like if this is none of like, if you can get to a place where you are just like trying to understand yourself and why you make certain, why you're making certain choices, that's how we shift and create new habits and new patterns. Not, not through judgment, not through deprivation and not through judgment, but like awareness yeah. is how we reach our goals. And that's basically like, I'm sure that's why we both got into doing what we do, yeah. even if we're totally different fields. We do overlap. hundred percent. It's just like, we aren't judging our clients. Like right. we merely got a lot out for ourselves <laughs> and not be able to share that with others. Like yeah. how did your story start of you getting into this? Yeah. Um, so I had, I went to college and my senior year of college, I like, I gained a lot of weight. I was stress eating for my finals. I think I was also pretty emotional. My brother died my sophomore year of college and I was pretty, I didn't know this at the time, but I know this now. I was dealing with a lot of like anxiety about going back home to my home without him and like going back to like New York and him not being there. Like I, th all of that was happening. Um, and, and so, yeah, and like I, I gained weight in college. I mean, I think an average college student is also gaining weight, but I had this extra layer to it. And so I, I graduated, I moved into Manhattan and, and I had ne I had honestly never dieted. Like that was not part of my, my childhood. My mom's relationship with food was pretty stable. Nothing I, like I noticed, like dieting wasn't a big part of, of my upbringing, but I, so I like didn't even know where to start. I was like, I want to lose weight. I don't even know what to do. I had zero nutrition education, food education. Like I ate with my, I ate whatever my parents put in front of me. And then in college, I ate whatever the, like my sorority house was serving. I didn't think of anything. Um, so I went to see a dietitian and she put me on a calorie count. So like she taught me how to do math. She taught me how to do math really, really well. She didn't write, she didn't really teach me how to eat from a nourishing standpoint. She taught me how to do math and I 100% lost the weight, but I was so stressed out. Like I remember countless, countless weekends where I would tell my friends on a Saturday night, like, I'm not gonna meet you for dinner. I'll just meet you at the bar after because I didn't have enough calories to both drink and have dinner out with my friends. I had to pick and choose. So I would eat like a bland, boring AF salad at home, like no dressing saving all my calories and then meeting them at the bar or the club to drink and have fun with them but like they had this whole they had two hours together that I missed out on you know over and so yeah over calories and I was like that's not it's not fun and I went and I also I, I went to Italy with my family and I was I I ate whatever I wanted to eat but I was constantly in my head about like tallying things up and like feeling really bad because the number was so far beyond the number it's supposed to be. Oh my God. I didn't, I didn't even enjoy. No, your beautiful no. Trip. no. And like, I, like I ate it, but I was, I was overwhelmed and felt really badly about myself. And so I came home from that trip and I was like, well, this isn't going to work. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't going to last. I'm not, I, I can't, 
I can't think in numbers anymore. So, um, so I, I stopped seeing that dietitian. And again, it worked, right? Like physically, externally, like I looked great. It worked, but I didn't feel good. Yeah. So I was like, I how do I blend the two? Feelings. Yeah. How do I blend the two? How do I look great and feel great at the same time? So that's when I started to really dive deep into like, nutrition, understanding, um, whatever I could on my own. And then being, and then I decided to go back to school that like, this is way more of my passion than it is my hobby. Um, I want to be able to help other people like piece together the fact that you can eat what you love and lose weight at the same time that you don't have to pick and choose. So I went back to school to get, become a dietitian. And that was 2009. Yeah, I've been in RD now for almost 11 years. And now you've, I mean, you have so many accolades too. Oh, like, you've been in Shape Magazine and Vogue. Like, that's amazing. Thank you. And thank you. Yeah. And you've changed so many people's lives. Like, that's so, I mean, what, what a calling <laughs> on your life, you know, like just having a, I mean, it's so crazy. Like, the experience of like losing your brother. Yeah. And then, you know, same thing with me like i lost my dad and that put me into like i need to look out for my self-care yeah. and then being able to offer that to other people you know that that's huge yeah let's see claudine asks us a question do you see a huge difference between men and women when it comes to the emotional side of disordered eating or are they pretty similar it's mm. a great question claudine so i i will say because we're all humans we're all seeking comfort in in food we we may obviously like if that is your current tool that you're using um emotional eating and, and com eat it, comfort foods that men men do the same shit they do the same thing but in my experience and i've only you know when i first when i first became an rd i worked with men and women now and for the past four years i've only worked with women but typically in my experience, women tend to gravitate more towards like sweeter treats <laughs> and men tends to gravitate more towards like more savory, salty treats, but, um, but they have the same pattern of like, it's a comfort food. If there's, there's shame around it, they're hiding it. No one else, like no one else is around when they're doing it. Um, it is not something that they like feel great about no one in any way. So I think men get to men. Are, it's a little bit, and this is a huge generalization, but the emphasis on the female body is very predominant in our society a little bit more so than the male and i know men have physical pressures too yes i hear that i see that i'm here for that the the physical pressure on women is really different in our in our society and and um and so i think women internalize it a little bit differently so it ends up it ends up feeling like it ends up getting so so layered into like their self-worth in, in a different way also typically women tend to be a little bit more people pleaser-esque and so this also comes into like well I have to look good for like you know 
for everybody else too. Like there's this, there's so much that women internalize with this that men, for their betterment, don't internalize as much. But there's pressure on both men and women, um, and both men and women, like there are men and women who eat their feelings. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think, I think also women do have the benefit of like because we are a little bit more um emotive and like talkative than most mo again huge generalizations but we are more a little bit more emotive and talkative than men we we tend to seek support for that more so we tend to reach out to a therapist reach out to a dietitian right connect um to a psychologist connect to someone who can help us a little bit more easily or um yeah we just we seek we seek out support more so than men i mean it's also there is a hundred percent statistics on the fact that you know men don't see doctors as frequently as women do right like they don't take care of themselves they don't they're not going to they let their like annual gp appointment fly by every year and not like make it happen more so than women men tend to like try to tough it out um and like only go to a doctor when they absolutely need to versus women who are generally speaking statistically showing we we seek support and advice and help a little bit more frequently Dude, i hope right. that answered your question <laughs> and we don't feel as alone yeah. as men how powerful yes. a statement is that yeah yeah, yeah that makes we, heart hurt. i know i know well because we are and that's a society thing right like women have really emotive emotional conversations with each other typically speaking men talk about sports with each other they talk about sports and work and women in our relationships we talk about literally everything you know yeah. also a lot of times um activities that like women do like you and i will sit down and have coffee together we're looking each other in the eye we'll sit down and like we'll go to dinner together we're looking each other in the eye and we're talking a lot of male activities they're like standing shoulder to shoulder and like not looking at each other right they're watching sports they're hanging out they're like right shoulder to shoulder they're watching sports or they're playing golf or they're like or they're working and they're looking at their computer right they're not they're less they don't like sit connected. down the same way yeah exactly exactly oh man but i never thought mm -hmm. that either the they are kind of a little bit more alone than us, even though they're surrounded by people. Surrounded by people. You know, and that's 100%, that's like society that, um, you know, they're supposed to be strong and silent, like, or or whatever, whatever messaging they are receiving about what it means to be a man or a masculine or strong is, my hope is that it's changing and shifting. I don't know if that if I'm only seeing it change and shift because I'm in the wellness space and like everyone I talk to that's in the wellness space, all we do, men and women, all we do is talk about our feelings and our emotions and what how we're helping ourselves and our self-care routines and like, right? So I, I don't, I'm not like, I don't know what's happening outside of that necessarily. Yeah. Right? Like the men I connect with are talking about this shit, but I know statistically the men that are not in the wellness space um, are a little bit more like, yeah, grinning and bearing it, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's like fascinating though is because we are all interconnected and we all, you know, like 
when you walk into a room, you can sense the energy from someone. So like, that's how we are connected to yeah. each other. I really do feel like there's this transition that's happening even culturally, because I mean, you've been in the wellness field a lot longer than I have, but being in our little like bubble of health and wellness, I do feel like, especially living in California where it's much more health and wellness focused. And then yeah. being in now where it's a little bit, it's a little bit behind and mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to, that's a nice way of putting it. It's a behind. Um, Very PC of you. Kind of seeing how it's like starting to come about. And I really do feel that like when one of us heals, we all heal yes. because we literally are sending that energy out yes. amongst ourselves, right? Yes. Like you're a walking orb of that. And just how you present yourself when you go to talk to the, like speak to the cashier at the grocery store or anything mm. like we do carry that. And I think as, when one of us heals, we all heal. So as we're all working on ourselves, eventually it will get to that point of being able that it is more socially acceptable, that it's just a part of the norm. Yes. And looking at CEOs that, you know, a lot of CEOs meditate and like that would have been 10 years ago, very woo woo right. in different states. And now it's kind of becoming a more of a cultural norm and just being able to talk about like food and like, your relationship with yeah. food and not villainizing it but maybe not you know eating biscuits and gravy every day <laughs> you know like right you eat it you enjoy it and you're conscious of eating it versus just getting into a routine and being like I don't know why I don't feel right. good right yes and I think I 100% agree which I think is like our energies synced up immediately in, the, in that zoom room which is right like how we connected I think that I think that energy has a lot to do with how society changes and right. I mean, the whole, the whole concept of like act locally, think globally, there's nothing more local than your own self. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're doing the work on yourself, whatever that work is for you, if you're bringing that awareness to yourself, if you are bringing that mindfulness to yourself, that if you are bold and brave enough to talk about your feelings and your emotions, you make it more comfortable for everyone else around you to talk about their feelings and their emotions yeah. and, and the path that they're on. And like, you know, and that like radiates out of you. Yeah. A hundred percent. Totally. Yeah. Like, even like listening to like a love song mm -hmm. and like, if you re listen to a love song and make it about you and your love with yourself, I think that's huge. Just reconnecting with, how much we are supposed to love ourselves first and foremost before we can ever show up in the world and give that love out to anyone you I know that's first and so i started looking at like love songs in that way like this is how i should be feeling about myself i love not someone else because it starts with me yes i think you like gave me chills yeah yes we should be thinking about the love songs for ourselves which is why i want you to eat like you love yourself Exactly. I don't want you to eat like you hate yourself. And if you're eating things thinking I'm guilty, like I shouldn't be doing this. I'm sh I, like, there's shame around this. There's guilt around this. There's judgment around this. None of that is love. No. You're creating it. Like yeah. we, get to, we get to create heaven or hell on earth for ourselves. Yeah. And I don't want to create hell around eating. Like it's necessary. First off, I have to eat to survive. But yeah. how do we eat in a, way that is very loving to ourselves and sees, sees who we are.
without judgment. Absolutely. No, it's so interesting. Like, um, that's the thing when you do have, when you are, when you do have like disordered eating or eating disorders, like if you are in recovery from your eating disorder, you can't versus like a different type of recovery. You can't not like, you can't not eat. You can not this, like, you can not go into the bar. Like if you're no longer drinking alcohol, you cannot go into the bar. You can go to the coffee shop instead, right? You cannot go into the bar. I'm not saying any of this is easy. I'm just saying that's an option. It's an option to not go into the bar. It's not an option not to eat food. No. And it's, and sometimes it's just for a little bit. Yeah. Like I'm sober and like now I can go into bars and I don't feel pressured. But when I first got sober, there was a lot of pressure because I had like a habit right. that I was trying to break. Right. Like right. you walk up to the bar and you order a vodka soda. Like I did that recently by accident. I've been like, not drinking for three years. And I walked up, I was like, what just came out of my mouth? I'm like, no, I don't want that. I was like, I don't know where that came from. Right. But it's the auto response, yeah. but now it's like, you're able to do it. So like, you can't like, you can go into an ice cream shop and not feel like, this is the last time I'm ever gonna have ice cream. I'm gonna get every scoop. Right. Like, right. <laughs> totally. And so, and like, you know, when you're in the process of recovering from your eating disorder, you still have to eat. You don't have the option of like, you, you don't have the, you don't have any other option. You have to, you, cause you have to survive, right? So like you have to eat to survive. And so it is a little bit like, like shock therapy, like aversion therapy, because you are, and again, like the eating disorder is not about the food, right? It's about the mind and what's going on in the mind but the food is the symptom and you are, you are fit. And that's true with all addiction, right? Like this is the symptom with the issue is going on in the, in the mind and the soul, but, but you can't avoid the symptom when it's food. And so understanding how to like, how do I tease these things apart and how do I, how do I heal through the discomfort of this activity? Yeah. And it's literally like the healing is, I always like think of it as like, it's just a muscle that needs to be strengthened. Like when you first go to the gym, like how many squats, you start with air yeah. squat you, and then you add weight and yeah. then you increase your weight and like, you know, you grow stronger, but that's the same thing with like the mental part of eating and consuming or whatever you're consuming. Yeah. Yeah. And I, absolutely. You know, I, um, you know, and, and with my clients, I talk to them about like taking a mindful moment, right? Like doing a couple of rounds of, of breathing, breathing in for four, holding for four, breathing out for eight, and like a few rounds of that. Um, you know, I have with, within my group programs, I'll also have like an, a guest expert come in and do like tapping, showing us how to like, oh, I like giving them like a tap. Tapping. Me too. I love tapping. Um, and, and, so, and that's something that they can also, you could also do that. Like when you're like sitting at the restaurant or you're walking, like you can, you can be tapping through it. Like there are ways to, there are ways to help us flex this muscle. I do. So I just had a, um, live event that I did in Nashville and yeah. I did, and I, it's amazing because I do an E4 trauma method. So I walk people through their trauma. So because you have like these high highs, mm -hmm. right? So it just neutralizes all the feelings. But when you add on 
the tapping to it, it's something that tangibly is easy to carry with you yeah. throughout the day. And even if you're going on a walk or right. whatever, so I've been starting to do it around food for myself and just being able to say like, I may not be exactly where I'm at right now, but I accept myself yeah. fully. Yes. I love myself anyway. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I love that. Is that, is that beneficial for you? Are you noticing a shift? I have noticed change and especially around when I'm feeling stressed because like I told you, like when I get tired, I like reach for food and I'm yeah. like, girl, you're just fucking right. tired. So the first thing is acknowledging and feeling into what yes. it is. Yes. Right? Awareness. Yeah. And like that's yes. the first thing a lot of us don't talk about our feelings enough and we don't even know what it is. Like when you were like, I'm reaching for chocolate and it's like, well, what is this feeling? Oh, I'm sad. Right. Okay. Well, chocolate it's not really going to solve the problem so let's go for a walk you right. know like i feel like so much of we are all so disconnected we just feel stuff and it's not how we want to feel and it feels uncomfortable so i want to run away from it and escape right and it's like no feeling to like what it is so being able to like do tapping into those direct points as to yeah. even though i'm having anxiety right now right i accept myself fully yes because it's not the end no no, and I think, too, like, if we don't get curious about ourselves, if we're not curious to know ourselves, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, exactly. like, let's, I want, like, I want to know myself. And, and I think, <clears throat> yeah, like, that can be scary, because we all have a shadow side, and that's okay. We all have it. Well, yes, everyone has it. Right. And so, like, friends with the shadow yes. side. Yes. Exactly. And so knowing ourselves, getting curious about ourselves, like, wait, why am I reaching for chocolate? I just had lunch. I'm not hungry. I like, guess not hunger. So like, what is it? Oh, right, right, right. I'm sad. I'm like crazy sad right now. Got it. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Right. Or I'm bored, whatever, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like the same way what you said in the bar, like it just rolled out of your mouth, but you're like, wait, what, what just happened? That's not what I meant. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah. There's like a knee jerk reaction and that's okay. The knee jerk reactions are okay. It's what it is. How we want, what we want to do is become aware of them and then get curious about them. Bring awareness to that knee jerk reaction. Like, wait, what's that? Oh, that's not, that's not what I want. What I want is this. Yeah. It's just being mindful. What would you say? I mean, I know there's so many different like ingredients and stuff, and I don't want to villainize food, but I just have a question. <laughs> yeah, so, totally. This is a personal one because I have so like I everything comes from gut health, and you mm. specialize in gut health. Like anything, you have skin conditions. Any basically anything that's like you can correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, but yeah. anything that's like unknown causes is normally a gut issue. <laughs> Coming out. Yeah, well, yeah. So like your gut, your gut is like the second brain of your body. It's where the majority of your immune system is. It, it, it can dictate your anxiety, your depression, your energy. Um, and because it, it, it controls your ability to absorb certain nutrients, right? So your gut is, your gut is ground zero for like all the things. What would you say are the best things like to help with anxiety and depression to maybe stay away from or your exposure to food. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Such a good question. So I think, I think foods to add in that can help reduce your anxiety are cashew nuts, 
for sure. I love that. Great. Excellent. Um, salmon and like other fatty fish. So salmon, tuna. Also, Swiss chard is a really great green, dark leafy green Swiss chard to add in. Brussels sprouts, also super beneficial. Berries, all the berries, strawberry, blueberry, raspberry, blackberry, any berry you want. Um, those are those are some of like, like our our top hits when it comes to managing anxiety. So dark leafy greens, cashews, berries, um, um, salmon, fatty fish. Oh, and avocado. Avocado. Okay, so like the good healthy fats. Yes. The good healthy fats and the and the greens are okay, super awesome. super beneficial. In terms of one food that you can add in to like your day that will help your your gut it, like help improve your your gut health no matter where your current gut health is um is ground flaxseed so oh yeah yeah you add it into like your smoothie or your salad or your your fruit salad add it into like everything and anything um it's super beneficial add it into your oatmeal if you like oatmeal you just don't want to cook it. So don't throw it in the stir fry. Don't like cook it, but cold added into like anything. Oh. Ground flaxseed. Total gem. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Do you want to so just fun. shout out where people can find I'm, you and how they absolutely. can coaching with you? And cause I know you do probably one-on-ones and then you do group, yeah. group coaching as well. Oh my gosh, Conway, this was fabulous. I, I could talk to you forever. <laughs> I know. I'll, we'll have I'm to, so excited. We'll have to do a podcast. I, podcast, but yes. I was like, let's just do it again. I love it. I love it. I can't wait. I'm super excited. Um, yeah. So follow me on Instagram at Bridget Zeitland RD. I do offer VIP one-on-one -on -one programs and also group programs. I have my signature group program actually kicking off on Monday, um, May 22nd, Radical Reset. It's eight weeks long where you learn the basics, like the eight basic pillars of nutrition and how to understand your body and eat for your body so that you can lose weight, stress less about food and, just, and feel good in your skin. So it's two months and yeah. And by August, you're already there. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it's awesome. I'm super excited about it. That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. And of when course, I'm in, thank you. I gotta go see you and I'll eat a bagel with you. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Free bagel. I, lo <laughs> I love it. Yes, let me know when you're in town. <laughs> I love it. Okay, thanks, girl. Bye. Thank you guys Bye. for joining you. Thanks, everyone. So here's a word from our sponsor. Baby girl, I'm so excited to announce that the enrollment is now open for the transformative Becoming Your Own Sugar Daddy six-week course that I designed specifically with you in mind. In this course, you will embark on a journey of self-discovery, inner healing of your subconscious mind, eliminating limiting beliefs around building wealth and living an abundant life. Say goodbye to financial limitations and hello to a life of opulence. 
You will gain the discernment and knowledge necessary to building lasting wealth as you are guided through a clear plan and direction for creating the life you've always dreamed of. If you don't know my story, I was a broke partying hairdresser and then my dad unexpectedly died. And through the healing process of working on my own scarcity mindset, I was able to work less, fire clients, double my income and travel the world. In this course, I will teach you everything I have learned so that you're able to develop unshakable confidence and embody the life you want to live. Each week includes journal prompts for you to be able to create a vision plan with actionable steps to manifest your dreams. Let go of fear and uncertainty as you take charge of your financial future. Through the six weeks of becoming your own sugar daddy, you will acquire the skills and mindset needed to achieve financial independence. You will build a strong foundation of self-confidence and self-worth around money. Transform your mindset and daily habits to embrace abundance and overcome scarcity. You'll receive a lifetime access to the course and the first 50 people to sign up and pay in full will receive a limited edition coffee mug to remind you that wealth and prosperity is your birthright. Sign up at itsconway.com and the link is in the show notes. I'm so excited to see you there and I can't wait to hear about the transformations that happen. Hey guys, so if you know me, you know how much I love electrolytes and I really believe in hydration because most of the time when we think that we're hungry, we're actually not, we're just extremely dehydrated. So I try to focus most of my energy on just being as hydrated as possible and I'm able to achieve that with RF Supplements Electrolyte Powder. So I'm so excited to partner up with them. I love their whole product line from their liquid fat burners to their protein powder, which is delicious, as well as their sleep aid tablets and their pre-work out which doesn't make me feel like I'm going crazy so you can purchase any of these online follow them on Instagram at rf underscore sups s-u-p-p-s and use rfs conway at checkout for a discount Hey guys, I am so excited to announce that I have released my first edition of my 60-day self-love guided digital journal that is available on Etsy at the store Higher Conversations. This is the first in a series of guided journals that will be centered around different topics to help you reprogram your subconscious mind, boost your confidence, and help you become your highest version. I intentionally created these digital journals to be simple and easy to follow because Let's be real, we're all real busy and we aren't trying to do the most, we're just trying to heal. Because you're a listener of the Grieving with Gratitude podcast, I created the promo code CONWAY to use at checkout. You can find the link in the show notes below. Happy journaling! Thank you so much for joining me on the Grieving with Gratitude podcast, knowing that you can be blessed through something you would never consider a blessing. If you're ready to transform your trauma into triumph, create the life you want to live, break generational curses, and just level up, please feel free to reach out to me for one-on-one sessions at Conway is Rad across all social platforms. If you love this show, share it with a friend, and please leave a five-star review. Have a beautiful day, and I cannot wait to catch up with you on the next episode.